Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Oh, I'd give a rat's ass about Twitter. <laughs> What's better than this, guys? Being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday edition of the show. And uh, my good friend Kyle Krabs, the, the the co-host of this podcast, and his Miami Dolphins have played nine games, and folks, they have more wins than losses. But if you've listened to Kyle. Uh, over the course of the last several weeks, you would not, you would not believe that. So, Kyle, what's up? How are we doing? Victory Monday? Are you back on the wagon? What's going on? Hell no, I ain't back on the wagon, Joe. <laughs> uh, I watched this team. I actually didn't watch a single snap of this, this man, game on Sunday. But I don't know uh, about you, man. My life is better for it because I can't get emotionally invested in games like that. You know, I can turn on LSU, Alabama, and watch the, the tide just curb stomp a top five team in the country, and I'm fine with it. You know, I can look for those little bright flashes of players like Quinn and Williams, who we're going to talk about on today's show, and find enjoyment in watching that football game. But when I deep down in my core have a rooting interest in a game, I can't enjoy <laughs> anything else about it. You know, it's just I get swept right away with the ebbs and flows. It's the competitive factor in me, I suppose. But no, I'm not back on the bandwagon. I don't I don't have any teal and orange up in my man cave downstairs. <sighs> actually tends you a picture, Joe. I know. I am per- permanently proofing my man cave of any apparel for teams that have my heart by putting up all my old paraphernalia from High school football, semi-pro football, my jerseys, these these things are going on the walls. And I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. Kyle, I, this is, I'll be honest with you, this is one of the mysteries of you that I just, I have a hard a time with. Like, guy. Yeah. You are. like, And I get it because you and I have, we travel a lot and, and spend a lot of time together, but not necessarily when football games are happening. So we haven't watched a lot of live football games together, as, as odd as that may sound, except for, Whenever we go to Mobile, we travel in on Sunday, and so we watch the conference championship games together typically. And normally, we don't typically care who's going to win the game. You know, uh, certainly neither of our teams are anywhere anywhere near playing in those. But last year, it was the Jaguars, and and you were very, very much wanting Jacksonville to win that game. And and I and I got a taste of it, right? I got a taste of this animal inside of you. Yeah. Um, and th- that I can only imagine is much worse when, when the Dolphins are playing. But, like, I, I just have no I, idea. I, I, well, if, what is that? What, have I seen 30% of it with that Jaguars game? Because I was a little uncomfortable watching it with you. Uh, <laughs> it's, on a di- it's on an entirely different level when it's my action. <sighs> I don't understand. It's, but that's the thing is you're a fan of a winning team through nine games. And and like I know you yeah, love Joe, the Dolphins, but you just don't watch them. Like, what is that, man? I can't emotionally. I I don't have the time and the energy to emotionally <laughs> invest myself in that football <sighs> because I know how the story ends. 
The story's ended the same way for 15 years. So what do you think about You must think I'm just like out of my mind, Kyle. I've not I missed a Bears game since 97. 97, you're a Kyle. lunatic to sit down for four hours on a Sunday and watch your team scratch out less than 10 points. That, look, we how got many to touch, Kyle, how, we got how to how nine today. How many touchdowns had the Bills scored in the last five games, Joe? One. It was beautiful. You're out was, of your mind. <laughs> how can I you love, watch that shit? I love it. I love it. I, I watch it because I want to see Trey White, Nat Milano, and Deion Dawkins. I don't know what to tell you. I, I want to be part of the process. But that, Last that's year was it. so you, fun. They were 9-7 and seven and we've got to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. It is the best thing that ever happened for football fan career for me and since, you know, 90, well, 99, I guess. I don't know. I got to be part of it. I got to I gotta take it in. I, I, I can't just, I can't just not, I, no, I, I can't. I can't do how it. Many, how many good seasons of being a fan of a football team can you remember in your lifetime? Um, I mean, yeah. So the Super Bowl stuff was, was very, I mean, I was like five, six, seven and eight. So I'm not going to count that. Uh, 95. I do remember the bills winning the division. Uh, 99, the year that, uh, music city Two. miracle, uh, last year, three times, three times. And last and year was the, nine and seven back to one of those, the playoffs. <laughs> and one of those three seasons is a nine and seven season that they didn't score a touchdown in a playoff game. Yeah. Yep. But guess what I'm going to do next Sunday against the New York Jets with probably Nathan Peterman starting at quarterback again. I'm going to be right there. And I'm not like sitting there like emotionally like wanting them to win the game and like the rest of my day is ruined. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to not watch it. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that that's the difference is I'm not interested in moral victories and player assessment in the heat of the moment. I can go back and watch a game after I know what the end result is. Right. Because there there's no mystery here. I know what to expect. And that's kind of with the season. I, I would prefer to just let it be done and then pick up and, and see what needs to change with this this roster. I could tell you the depth of the roster in question is terrible. And the quarterback situation in the roster in question is terrible. Then you go out and you watch guys like Patrick Mahomes and Drew Brees and <laughs> It's just night and day. They're playing a totally different sport. Yep. That's the most depressing thing. Yeah. It's because I, I, I want, I'm jealous of those fans, of those teams. They get to, it's they not- get to, they, they get into a situation where you're down a score late in a game and you feel your chance legitimately, you have legitimate confidence that your team's going to make a push and make a run. I'm sitting there gripping white knuckles <laughs> on my armrest, expecting my team to shit their pants. Like, what do you want me to do? It, it's not cyclical either. You know this, right? It's it's no. not because so, it's been it's been my turn. It's been your turn. It's been the Browns fans' turns. It's it's been a lot of people's turns for a long time, and it it just doesn't. It's not. It doesn't matter. And the, and the Colts go from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck. Aaron Rodgers go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and the, and the Patriots went from Tom Brady to Tom Brady to Tom Brady, you know? Yeah. So, (laughs) so no, I mean that, that is the core difference between you and I though, is you're, you're able to latch onto those peripheral pieces of watching a football game. And I can do it with any other game in the world, except for when the Miami Dolphins play. Which is five and four, I, the five and four the Miami five Dolphins. Five and four Miami Dolphins that you know couldn't 
score a touchdown to save their life. Brock Osweiler is the starting quarterback. Do you One know game. six? Do you know six out of the last eight seasons the Miami Dolphins have reached eight games at four and four. Did you know that the Miami Dolphins are one game back of the AFC wildcard spot and it's the Bengals in the way? You just have to be better than the Bengals, Kyle. Yeah, here's the deal. First of all, congratulations on winning our Broncos-Bengals bet. Uh, well, because a lot, a lot of season Broncos left. Broncos could not coach their way out of a paper. <laughs> I'm not crowning myself yet on that. I'm crowning I, you. I'm crowning okay. you. I'm telling you. I'm crowning you. All right. Uh, the Sammy Watkins dream for you is over. No, Mitch, it's not. Trubisky watch is still alive and well. 38-98. The current pace, 38-98. He, Joe, he played the toughest secondary he'll face all year on Sunday. That, my God, I'm smiling listening to you say that. Yeah, 135 passing yards. Let me say this about Mitch because I, I, got, <laughs> I got a chance to watch Mitch. And, and I think I, I like some. I like his decision-making. I do. He misses throws, man. His accuracy is not there right now. So yeah. um, he's got to get better. I'll tell you that. I mean, he's he's doing some good things statistically, and there's some situational stuff. I like his, I like his mental side like some of the decisions he made, some of, especially on third down. I thought his third down decisions were really strong, but he's he's got to be a little more consistent with that ball placement. Yeah, but 135 yards was uh, exactly what I needed for that bet to You're swing good, in my dude. favor. You're yeah, feeling really good then. Yeah, especially with the Washington Huskies already doing their thing for me. But what do you want to get into, Kyle? We've we've had the longest introduction. Ever. No, this is this is this is casual. Football talk between two football guys. We could, you know, how big a football guys are. We could run the Cleveland Browns. That's how big a football guys we are, right? Because that was the big appeal to John Dorsey when he got hired there, and they got rid of Sashi Brown. It's oh, thank God we get a football guy. And then the football guy went out and drafted the quarterback that all the analytics love. So that's, that's a little cruel irony uh, for I know some some folks who. Um, were really adamant on, say, a Josh Allen or a Sam Darnold being the pick at number one. But, Joe, let's let's switch over to the college side briefly. We want to take about uh, maybe another 15 minutes here on the show. Let's try and split this right down the middle. All right. We'll spend some time. We'll invest some time in the college game. And uh, let's talk about the dynamics first and foremost of LSU Alabama, as we said atop the show, this was a curb stomping. This game got very, very ugly, very, very quickly. How does that change your perception of LSU? Um, and I'm not sure how much of the game that you watched because I know you had some commitments this weekend. <laughs> but um, yep. fall weddings are the devil. Yeah, but, the devil. Um, I know Greedy Williams didn't have his best game. So I'm just curious what takeaways you had based on how much you were able to catch up on this football game. Man, I got a lot of takeaways because this was the game I decided to catch up on. Beautiful. Um, I got to give John Ledger credit for this take. I've thought about it all week. But I, he he probably put it better than I, I could have. He said, beating Alabama is not about how good your defense is. It's about how good your offense is. And so LSU, with a very modest offense, not a lot of explosive ability, a game manager and Joe Burrow, you know, just kind of prides itself on not making mistakes and, and being sound situationally. Not not going to beat Bama. Not even at Death Valley where dreams go to die. It's just not going to happen. But 
my my notable takeaways here, Kyle. I mean, obviously, we can continue to just talk about how exciting Alabama's offense is now that they have a quarterback and those two receivers, Rugs and, and Judy, are just special. Irv Smith, Irv Smith is is really a dynamic player at tight Stunned. end. He's yeah, I mean, he's kind of like top fifty type talent in my opinion. You know, the more and more he plays, the more and more dynamic he looks. And so, I just think that this this weaponry with Tua is so so special. Um, but the one thing that my big takeaway was was Quinton Williams. Uh, what do you have? Thirteen tackles, three and a half for a loss, two and a half sacks. The kid's unblockable. He's been unblockable for all season and now the playmaking is really starting to be there and and it's interesting because Alabama's really put a lot of defensive linemen in in the NFL uh, Sean Robinson, Jerron Reed, Deron Payne, very long list Tim Williams and and the thing about all of those guys is none of them really had the production maybe John Allen did you know John Allen was a playmaker and he's battled some injuries early on and I'm very optimistic about the player that John Allen's going to be but you got this this guy in Quinn and Williams who's so technically refined he's so powerful he's so quick and he's making the plays right and I just think he's special like I think you, you guys have heard me talk about Ed Oliver being you know I started off with Ed Oliver as my number one prospect over Joey or Nick Bosa uh and I in my last top 100 that came out on Friday I actually went Bosa over Oliver Oliver, at two, uh, uh, Oliver, and I and 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 before the LSU game, I had Quinton Williams at two. So I have this right now as Bosa, Williams, and Oliver top three prospects in this class, and it's 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 really it, it, uh, Quinton Williams is just playing at a level that forces me to do it. The biggest size Oliver fan there is, I have no choice but to slot Williams higher. He's he's just special. And you know what's annoying about that is people are going to ask you specifically, yeah. Hey Joe, what what's Ed Oliver not doing for you that he's <laughs> dropping on your board? Yeah, like I, three. <laughs> I I had Ed at six. Yeah. Okay, and I had several people that that questioned me and were pretty skeptical of the ranking of Ed Oliver being ranked sixth on my big board. And at the end of the day, he's ranked sixth. Yeah. Right. Like that's an extremely high ranking for an extremely good football player. But if you're if no matter how you order those first couple slots, you shouldn't have to justify if a guy started out at one, he's been outperformed, and that's putting it you know, that's probably a little cruel to say because Ed has put terrific numbers up all year. He's been extremely per- disruptive and productive mm-hmm. all year. But you look at Quinn and Williams, and I, I agree with you because Quinn and Williams is also ahead of Al- Ed Oliver for me. Uh, Quinnen was my third prospect when I updated my my top 100 big board on Thursday. You did yours on Friday. Uh, he's been the biggest riser of any prospect in college football this year. Mm-hmm. And he came mm-hmm. into the year with, with almost no tape. So when you get a guy and you, you take a guy that played extremely sparing snaps, you put him in a full-time role, and he does what Quinnen Williams does, yeah, it's going to change the dynamic. It's going to open your eyes, and you might value that player above uh, what you do uh, previously because you don't have all the information. And I th- that's something that I think people lose some sight of is that this is a very fluid process. Yes. This will be a continue to be a very fluid process until you get a chance to watch all the players on tape. Because I could have, I could feel like my top 20 is set in February, and then I get to a guy I've, I've watched very little tape on. And if I watch that tape and he blows me away, guess what? If I rank him as a top 20 player, everybody that's ranked, ranked below him and below that spot 
they're going to drop a spot on the big board. doesn't mean they did anything wrong. It's right. just I like somebody else. Kyle, I got – somebody came after me. Um, didn't come after. That's not the right word. Somebody questioned me and said, why are you low on David Montgomery? I said, David Montgomery's 60th on my board. What are you talking about? I'm low. Well, Kyle had him 30-something. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Joe, okay. Why, why are you so low on David Montgomery? I, I, I look. It's, tell a you, I, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. You have him 32, actually. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Kyle, speaking, speaking of the the big board, and, and there's two players that had a really awesome weekend again and then the highlight real type plays continue to come from arizona state wide receiver and kill harry and iowa state wide receiver akeem butler both really big dudes that are mossing people left and right it's yep. been exciting to see Nikhil harry uh well it's kind of exciting and not exciting but he's making plays like after the catch like his punt return well, well that's not after the catch but a situation with the ball in his hands and then just a couple of times this year where he just made plays like that you don't expect Cut in terms back of winning against the grain, set up some blocks. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, right? And so, like, at the same time, neither me nor you are like, hey, this is a top 20 player. So, like, maybe you, you have some insight on this like, to talk about what it is about these two guys that, we're, you know, we're not saying these are the next top five, top 10 caliber wide receivers. Like, what, 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 do, you, what do you make of these two guys? All right. So, Nikhil, I mean, Nikhil's top 25 player on my board. For me personally, I don't really pound the table for Nikhil because I was high on Nikhil coming into the year. Nikhil's Mm -hmm. been in every rendition of the big board that I've had. Nikhil's been top 30 player. So it's not really a surprise to me. I've been a fan of his. I got a chance to see him up close in person last September when I went out to see Oregon play Arizona State in Arizona State. A game that uh, Arizona State actually upset Oregon, who was ranked at the time at home. And Nikhil had a huge game in that game, too. So I've seen up close and personal what he can do. I know some of the comps for him are like the Alshon Jeffries of the world. Nikhil's way looser than that, man. Like for me, Alshon is prototypical size, big contested catch guy, big catch point, can elevate and go vertical. And Nikhil can do those things. But I think it's the situations after the catch that really allow him to showcase that I think he's on a different level as far as how you would value him as a player and why he's a player that's a top 25 rated player for me is he can take a short pass, cut back across the field, make a guy miss, set up a couple blocks, then turn up the sideline. He did it in the first month of the season yep. against, you know, sister Mary school, of the blind and ran it back for a touchdown. Uh, if there are any listeners from any sister Mary school <laughs> of the blinds, I apologize. It's just a figure of speech. It wasn't actually against you. I don't remember who it was against off the top of my head. And we're on, on the clock here, so I'm, I'm a little pressed for time. Uh, as far as Hakeem Butler, uh, I haven't seen the extent of Hakeem Butler is what I have from Nikhil Harry, mm-hmm. but big dude, right? Like this is the guy that pounds the tar out of you at the catch point. That highlight touchdown that he had this past weekend where he mossed that dude, yeah. I mean, that was that was vicious after the catch, when he stiff-armed that guy and he held that ball out there and just threw that guy to the ground, I mean, that was mean. That's the kind of power play that I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's a big-time possession receiver. I haven't really looked into his route-running skills yet, so I, I don't have the 
I don't have enough film on him to really pound the table for him, if that makes sense. I've seen what he can do, but I haven't put him under the microscope to the extent that I would need to to put Hakeem Butler in that stratosphere as a prospect. And you think about also J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and Colin Johnson, and we've got some big dudes, man, in this class. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's interesting because I'm always a little gun-shy with them. Because you just don't, you just don't know, right? You just don't know which one of these is going to be next, Calvin Benjamin, and that's my fear, right? And so, right. I, <laughs> I'm going to spend a lot of time with Brad Kelly here in the coming months, talking through these guys and uh, making sure that I value them properly. Because we've got some big receivers that are really dy- dynamic at the catch point and seem to move pretty well for their size. But uh, you know, making sure I have the proper valuation is going to be one of my biggest tasks here in the coming months. Amen to that. Joe, should we switch over and talk about the pro game a little bit here? Yeah, just as long as it's not the Bills or Dolphins. No, no I'm not interested in talking about bad football games today. Saints-Rams? Um, Saints-Rams? Saints-Rams? Saints, Rams, I mean, yeah, it turned into a Big 12 game, didn't it? I guess that's kind of what I expected. Um, I didn't expect Marcus 80 Peters, man. points. 80 points is a lot Marcus- of points. It is, it is, but you have two very outstanding passing offenses, great quarterbacks, great coordinators. But my biggest takeaway right now is just that I think that Marcus Peters is cooked, man. He he's playing bad, like he's a liability out there. It's and I've seen it. I watched a lot of the Rams this year, and I continue to see like him just continue to give up play after play. But when Michael Thomas just cooked him, and it's like he didn't you know, care. The cell phone thing, after, yeah. <laughs> Makes you makes us think. Well, maybe we shouldn't have been so critical of the Chiefs <laughs> when they gave him away for a ham sandwich, based on the way he's played in the past. I mean, they need to keep to lead to come back and be a keep to lead because um, they're gonna have to beat the Saints if they want to be the NFC champion. They're gonna have to beat the Saints. They're gonna have to beat probably Green Bay, you know. And yeah. so um, it's it's one of those things where I'm worried about that secondary a little bit right now. Joe, what do you what do you think of this recent buzz about? John Harbaugh being on the hot seat in Baltimore. Oh, son, come on now. Like, th- unbelievable. Ten seasons, a Super Bowl championship. He's 10 and 5 in the postseason. He's had one losing season in 10 years. I don't even know why we're all talking about it. All they're talking about is they haven't made the playoffs since what, like 04 or 2014? Four seasons. Four seasons. Four seasons. Wow. I mean, I. I you want know, to talk about all time playoff crowds, right? Oh, four seasons. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I was uh, I was having some productive discussions on Twitter.com with with some fine Ravens fans earlier, and I'm just like, yeah, you, go ahead, fire John Harbaugh, and you can replace him with you know like Hugh Jackson or Vance Joseph or Ben McAdoo or Dirk Cutter or John Fox or Jeff Fisher. Like, no, you've got a guy that has proven a winner in this league. He's been right. handcuffed by that Joe Flacco contract. Joe Flacco was the first quarterback that got the stupid money, and it strapped that roster. All right, now, obviously, the future of this organization is Lamar Jackson and him being uh, a dynamic quarterback like we hope he can be, but this isn't a John Harbaugh problem. Crazy to me. One of the most respected coaches. like Unlike Greg Williams, Kyle, John Harbaugh would have four show up and sign the contract offers in January. (laughs) No interview. Right. Like, come on now. This is this is asinine. You don't have resumes like that that you uh, should be able to, to sign because they're fired. Crazy to me. By the way, how many pro teams have offered you scouting gigs that you've turned down? I think I've lost count. 27. I, I'm 27. keeping a very wow. – 27, you, yeah. What's holding the other five teams back? 
Uh, well, it's not, well, the truth is it's not every team. Um, a couple of them multiple times. You just you know, can't, oh, okay. Okay. can't take no for an answer. So, um, you, know, you know, just full transparency on that. It feels good to be wanted, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. You know who's not also, wanted right now? Who? Sam Bradford. <laughs> this man's been cut again, but not before he managed to swindle millions of dollars from the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> He's a rich man, man. His agent, I hope he gets a great commission, dude, because he's <laughs> done wonders. And I don't know, what is it about Bradford that makes him this kind of just universal appeal? Like, is it the, the promise that, like, oh, yeah, we're the ones that are going to keep him healthy. We'll keep him upright. Yeah. Uh, could be my quarterback, right, very soon. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, th- I think it's it's this – it's this crave to have a quarterback in there that doesn't make you look silly and a belief that he could be that guy. And hurt guys stay hurt, man. They just do. And I thought that was a rich contract to begin with. He's like one year, 20 million or something like that for Bradford. Um, but it's, it's, that's where we're at in this league, man, where look at next year, Tyrod, someone's going to pay Tyrod Taylor 20 million, $20 million next season. Someone's going to pay Teddy Bridgewater 25. It's going to happen, man. It's where we're at. Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick going to be 15 plus, right? Yep. Just so that you don't look stupid at quarterback. Right. <laughs> All right. That's now, where we're at, man. Real quick. I want to yeah. go lightning round with you. I just had this spontaneous idea while you were talking oh, about the I'm excited. St- stupid nature of quarterbacks, right? Yeah. Part of the reason why there's the thirst around Brad, the Bradford types, right, is like there's teams that don't have, quote unquote, their guy. Right, they they're mm-hmm. desperate for an upgrade. So yep. I'm gonna rip through all 32 teams real quick. And all I want you to do is tell me if the guy that they have right now, not maybe not starting this week, you know, and we're not counting injuries, the guy that they're having right now is the guy five or six years from now. So the the guy that we know is identified as their plan as a guy in five or six years? Correct. All right, this is gonna be my honest opinions. Yep. And, and okay. there's no there's no fluff here, so you just got to say yes or no. So this means that the like this is likely saying that they're going to sign a, a contract extension with this team that they're on. Correct. They're they're going to be getting another contract. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. This is this is going to be good. New England Patriots. No. Miami Dolphins. No. New York Jets. Yes. Buffalo Bills. Pass. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> No. No. Kansas City Chiefs. Yes. LA Chargers. No. Denver Broncos. No. Oakland Raiders. No. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger. No. Cincinnati Bengals. No. Baltimore Ravens. We're going to go with Lamar Jackson. Well, I'll yeah, say yes. Go, go with Lamar. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Yes. Houston Texans. Yes. Tennessee Titans. No. Indianapolis Colts. Yes. Jacksonville Jaguars. No. Washington Redskins. No. Philadelphia Eagles. Yes. Dallas Cowboys. No. New York Giants. No. LA Rams. Yes. Seattle Seahawks. Yes. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Yes. San Francisco 49ers. Garoppolo. Yes. Yes. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. 
Yes. Minnesota Vikings. Ah, oh, it's interesting because his uh, cousins. Yeah. Yes. Five yes. six years. Five six years from now. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I'm All good. Green right. Bay Packers. It. Yes. Detroit Lions. Stafford's in year ten. Oh, this is the hardest one yet. Five years. Um. Yeah, he's there. Yes. New Orleans Saints. No, unfortunately. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Atlanta Falcons. Yes. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No. Okay, so you named 16 teams. You named 16 teams, and three of them were in the AFC. So 16 teams have their identifiable course at quarterback within for, for the next five or six for the years. the next five or six years, and three of them are in the AFC. It's going to be some turnover, brother. Yes, Teach your kids how to play quarterback. It's going to get weird. You've got a seventh, a seventh grader that's uh, pushing six foot and uh, has some hands that can grip a ball, man. Yeah, get him in the backyard. Get start swinging the pill around. Get a ball. There's that millions to be had right man. now. Right now. Because those contract numbers are only going to go up. Yep. Any parting thoughts for the folks at home? Um, the most important thing a team can do that needs a quarterback is make sure they get Tua in 2020 and uh, Lawrence in 2021. Give me Lawrence 2021. He's glorious. <laughs> Just for the hair. Alone. The hair is wonderful. You know what else is wonderful? This show. Hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast. We'd like to thank you for carving out some time on this Victory Monday to listen to the Draft Dudes podcast. Uh, make sure you swing over to thedraftnetwork.com. We got... Uh, additional big boards from Trevor Sikma and John Ledger dropping. We got a mock draft dropping this week. Uh, so lots of exciting stuff now that we are into November. And uh, this uh, this draft push is really going to start to take off here in the next couple weeks. Take that ride with us. Swing over to draftnetwork.com. Takes on takes Tuesday tomorrow. Make sure you hit us up on Twitter with the hashtag takes on take with your hot take. I'm at grinding the tape. Joe Marino, my partner on the show, is at the Joe Marino. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks so much, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.